You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So, uh, we're high atop the Blue Ridge here, and I just uh, cracked open the frosty Dr. Pepper. Ready to go. How about you, Rich? How's things in uh, Tennessee? Well, you know, with all this wonderful global warming, you know, I mean, it's like 28 degrees last night, and only going up to maybe 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, those are the effects of global warming. I know, warming, I, you was, know? <laughs> I was but, uh, all ready for it, you know, uh, looking forward to it, actually, and then uh, freezing to death again. Yeah, but it'll be 70 degrees Wednesday Windy. and Thursday. Back in the garage. Well, that'll be good. The uh, well, you're still uh, still moving along on the triumph, so you know I'm I'm waiting yep. to come down and get a lesson in painting, painting on the cheap. Um, so yeah, you, know, you remember when you get ready to do that finished coat, I'm coming down. So okay, yeah. Hopefully in the fall. This way, over next winter, I could put the body back on the chassis and stop putting the gauges in and, you know, wiring harness, all that stuff, so, yeah, I mean, there's so many steps to do when, you, when you're when you doing a body-off, ground-up restoration, especially one that you bought in as a basket case, like I did, I mean, the guy disassembled the car, and then he dropped dead, and nothing was labeled, Is you know, it's like you go to put on the emergency brake bracket for the cable and you gotta go looking for it then you gotta go looking for bolts to make sure the bolt is correct it's like oh so time consuming so my advice folks never buy a basket case car especially one that had nothing labeled <laughs> old cigar boxes filled with fasteners you've had that you've had that car a while too haven't you like you you bought that back during the what Truman administration is that right <laughs> Yeah, I bought it in 2005. You know, I put a wanted ad in Hemmings, and this lady called up. We drove down to the uh, uh, Rosemont area of uh, Philadelphia. Well, I guess west of Philly. And that's where uh, Darnham Body Works was in that same town. So I said, wow, this is pretty cool. Let me go take a look at it. And, uh, yeah, what a mistake. What a mistake. (laughs) But it's coming along. It's, it's you know, it was a good solid <laughs> It's coming along. Keeps you busy, keeps you out of trouble. Think of all you know? the stories, though. Yeah, but yeah. think of all and the stories. You know, if you just bought a car and then disassembled it yourself and restored it, you know, it's kind of like being able to tell people that, you know, you used to walk 10 miles in the snow to go to school, you know. You, you right. buy a basket case car, you know, it's like, oh, it was in boxes, it was in bushel baskets, you know, it was all thrown together, but, you know, there it is after all that pain and suffering. Um, you know, and, you know it, it gives you a little, you know, bragging right. It does, especially the fact that you're putting something together that was disassembled and you know every single nut, bolt, 
wash a fastener, castellated nut, I mean, all kinds of powder pins. You know every single one because you, you know, how to replace them all. You know exactly where they are and where they go and how they had to be talked down. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's a learning experience, but uh, I am enjoying it. So it is what it is. All of those uh, fasteners and, and what was it? Castrated nuts? Cat, what did you say? Castellated nuts. <laughs> Castellated. <laughs> 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 Too funny. So, yeah, it's a lot of it's It is a lot of fun, and it's really rewarding. Over the years, I've seen some amazing restorations. Not only cars that were brought back from... The condition that you would just never in your life start with a car like that. I it was I've seen some that looked like they needed to be crushed. Really, I mean, it was that little left of the car, and yet someone with the skills and the determination brought it back to life and put it back on the road. And uh, the same thing's true of the uh, basket case. I've never, yeah. never really had a basket case car. I've had some that were disassembled, but I've never had a complete basket case. You know, you're talking about cars that uh, uh, were so rusty and hard, almost impossible to bring back. That's where I gave credit to a lot of hot rodders. Uh, the the regular, you know, classic car community that restores cars back to originality, uh, they will never spend the time or make the effort to restore a rusting Hulk, unless it's, you know, really special like an Auburn, but it's the hot rodders who take that rusty Hulk that no one wants, and they turn it into their own personal creation, you know, so them, I give them a lot of credit for doing that, because in the end, they are saving another car that, that the rest of us never would save, so, you know, kudos to them. No, I agree. It's uh, even though heavy customs are not my thing. You know, I have a couple of cars with some mild uh, changes, wheels, tires, things of that nature that are non-stock. But everything I have, if I wanted it to go back 100% stock, I could snap my fingers and boom, one in an afternoon, have it back to stock condition. But you know, as you say, I have a lot of respect for the people that can take absolutely nothing and make something out of it. And the, the truth of the matter is, is though you and I are really stock stockers, as they call them, uh, or antiquers, you know, we like stock restoration vehicles, but, you know, the American hot rod and custom car been a part of automotive history here in America for a very long time. I mean, going all the way back to uh, the, the 30s and probably prior to that, really. But, um, you yeah, know, so it's been around a long time, and it's equally a part of American automotive history as, uh, you know, stock vehicles are. But you're right. A lot of really talented people out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're part of our culture, and we got to, you know... <laughs> appreciate them for what they are. I mean, you know, there's a lot of junk out there, just like there's some junky, restored, authentic cars, allegedly. But, uh, you know, uh, you look at some of these hot rods and customs, 
and the paintwork is second to none. I mean, it's, it's Pebble Beach standards. It's incredible the talent that some of these guys have. So I really do appreciate custom cars and hot rods uh, for what they are and the workmanship that went into building them. So I think that's very cool. Uh, I think that's true for, for a lot of us. I think all of us enjoy anything that that burns fuel, you know, and moves us, you know. I mean, whether it's uh, cars uh, that are stock or modified or locomotives or what have you, you know. I mean, I like everything. If, if it burns fossil fuel, I'm all in. <laughs> Not to offend anybody. Um but, you know, that is me. If it burns fossil fuel, I'm in. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you go so, to a... Uh, coming up. Go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say, you know, like you go to a vintage racing car meet, like Lime Rock or uh, wherever, Road Atlanta, and uh, you walk into the pits and you smell that burning Castro R racing oil. Oh man, this this there is nothing better than that kind of smell. Man, I just love it. <laughs> so yeah, burn, baby, burn. Now, after many years of hearing that the NHRA was really withering on the vine and that drag racing, competitive drags, and funny cars, and all that was a thing of the past. Um, recently. They had a record crowd at the uh, uh, NHRA drags down in in Charlotte, down there uh, that new uh, speedway that they have right across the street from the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. And uh, so it's kind of nice to hear that there's a lot of life left in there. In fact, there are people talking about a comeback. So it's kind of cool because a lot of the a lot of the drag strips have been closing down everywhere uh, for many, many years. And to hear that one is, you know, getting record attendance, a new one, though, uh, is pretty nice. It's, it's cool stuff. It's all about cars, folks. That's what it is. That's right. All about cars. So, speaking of cars, what's on our agenda today? Anything of interest? Um, agenda. Agenda. So, no, nothing of interest at all. Go ahead, folks. It's time to just turn turn it off. Nothing of interest to be seen here. <laughs> the, the, uh, so, just speaking of Charlotte, while we're on that wavelength, uh, the AACA Hornet's Nest region is uh, putting on the Charlotte Auto Fair uh, coming up. It's going to be April 13 through 15. You and I are both going to be there. And then right after that, you and I are going to be at the Greenbrier Concourse in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, just across the Virginia line. Uh, that's going to be a blast. And then, geez, right after that, two weeks later, uh, we got the AACA Eastern Spring Nationals in Gettysburg, PA. And, uh, each one of Great those areas. is going to be a killer show. It's going to be oh, some yeah. fun. It's going to be some fun. And stuff you're going to get a lot, lot of, lot of material for crankshaft out of those, out of those three shows. I think. Speaking oh yeah, without a shaft, how's things coming? The segue it's into something along. else. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it's coming along. You know, with 
we're always scrambling, you know, some features that we were scheduled to do. Uh, just the guys bailed at the last minute because they had other commitments. So uh, I'm scrambling to find two or three features. Uh, but, you know, I got a lot of connections out there, as you well know, so we're working on that. And uh, I found a good one the other day, a 19, was it a 50 Ford business coupe, full original, including paint, and he's literally 10 miles from my house. So uh, I want to shoot that next week, and we're writing about oh, wow. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those shoebox Fords, I mean, they're very historic automobiles. They, they really say Ford, but uh, they're way cool, and this is all original. And it's a business coupe. I mean, I love that body style, you know? I just think it, it's like it's a perfect body style. It really is. I think it's great. So... That's going to be an interesting feature. So we're still working on some other things for crankshafts, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have it out sometime in May. A little, you know, a little late again, but it is what it is. <laughs> hey, it's worth waiting for, and I mean that with every ounce of my being worth waiting for. Um, you just do such a great job of putting together many of the articles yourself doing a lot of the photography yourself and then the editing and all the other great contributors like Jim Donnelly and others uh, that uh, contribute to the magazine, it's killer. That's yeah, thank you. my thank you. favorite automotive reading material, as you, as you know. And you know me, I would bust your chops in a heartbeat. So, oh, um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> The uh, so talking about uh, restoration and parts and so on. Um, we were talking about you know where to buy parts, when to buy parts, how to buy parts, who to buy parts from, what parts to look for, what parts to avoid. Um, parts is parts, you know. <laughs> like that commercial. So they say. Way on back when. Pots is pots. <laughs> <laughs> so they say. But break time, folks. Uh, right time for Rick. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr.
Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Welcome back, folks. We're here. Parts is parts. Yeah, we're here. Parts is parts. So, you know, I it's a, a, a wide subject, parts. Um, but I'm, I'm just going to start off on my end with a couple of things. One is there are a lot, there are a, particularly these days, brake, brake parts. A lot of parts are out there now that are, you know, reproduction parts. In other words, they weren't first-run replacement parts or new old stock manufacturer parts. Uh, a lot of brake parts now are being made in China. Um, and I will tell you, the quality on some of the newer parts, um, like uh, one of the music bins out there is uh, Centric, C-E-N-T-R-C. And, you know, if you don't have any other options, you know, there you go. You, you use what you can get your hands on. But the overall quality of replacement parts, and I'm very familiar with the brake parts situation because I've been going through that with a number of cars. You know, typically you, I would go through and replace the entire brake system. I do you know, new wheel cylinders, hoses, lines, everything. Uh, springs, hardware, the whole nine yards. In other words, that's one of the very first things I do. Um, if I'm, you know, bought a car to just drive, uh, or bought a previous, previously restored car, I go through the brake system first because I, I have folks had brake systems fail. It is no fun whatsoever of the interstate onto an exit ramp doing 60 miles an hour and go to put those brakes on and find out you don't have anything and you're doing everything you can possibly do to uh, stop before you go hurtling into traffic and uh, meet your maker. And I've had that happen. Um, so I'm big on it. But they don't last very long. Um, so I've found that, at least for now, I've been trying to buy newer old stock uh, American-made brake replacement components. I was told the other week that Ray Bestas has been bought out by the Chinese. Um, so, you know, I don't know what's coming, but you really need to be careful about it. The other options you've got are going to, uh, like, white post restoration or apple hydraulics and having your uh, wheel cylinders and master cylinders sleeved. And moving forward, that may be something I find that I'm going to have to do just to have peace of mind because my, my 60 Pontiac Bonneville 
I replaced all those wheel cylinders on it, did everything I just described um, only a couple of years ago. And this couple of months ago, I noticed there's a puddle of brake fluid next to my right front tire. Wheel cylinder had already gone bad, but partly because of the metal used to make it is so poor quality, it, the porosity of the wheel cylinder was, you know, the metal in it is just garbage, and so all the moisture got in there, and it just formed a pit quickly. didn't take long at all. So, um, be careful when you're out there looking at parts and, and try to figure out what your options are, but I would tell you, um, you know, if you can buy newer old stock, um, or in the case of, like, wheel cylinders, new old stock, that's what I'd do. You're going to get better service out of it, even if you have to go and and go to Napa and replace the cups and the uh, end caps. So, yeah, you know, the the other issue is uh, this whole supply chain delay that's affecting everyone around the world, not just Americans. So, nine months ago, I ordered a set of competition leaf springs for my Triumph TR3. And I got them two weeks ago. It took that long. And uh, I even said to the supplier in England, I said, look, give me regular leaf springs. I don't need the competition ones, you know, because it's only a little bit stiff, and that's what I wanted. He says, you know, we don't have them. It's like, it's like a six-month delay. So if you're restoring a car and you got this long-term project, there are certain parts that you need to order now when you start the project because you don't know about the delays that are going to hold you up to do certain things. But also, in many cases, some of these manufacturers, you know, these parts suppliers, they, they, they told me, oh, NLS, no longer, no, no longer, you know, available. NLA, rather. Uh, and they're not reproducing them again. So, you know, you're going to get caught out. By not having the parts that you need, so when you start a project, you got to go through, take an inventory, and make a list of all the really important stuff that you need, and even some not so important stuff like you know seals and bearings. I mean, bearings you could get anywhere. You know, uh, Timken uh, will supply you with anything that SK you know in, in Germany makes and all that stuff, but. There are certain, uh, you know, components that, you know, like a clutch, fork, bronze bushing. Oh, we don't make that anymore. Well, what am I supposed to do? So you're supposed to, you know, have a machine shop make a bushing for you. Before you know it, you're spending four times the price. So you got to plan ahead, get the parts that you need. And, yeah, I know it's a big outlay of money, but, uh, you know, it's going to keep your project rolling and good going so it's important you know and, and, and this whole thing about you know uh supply chain issues i mean it it, it affects everybody including the old car community so uh so you know that's that's what happened to me it held up putting my uh, uh differential onto the chassis for many many months but i finally got them and it's installed now and i'll be working on that today putting the cables in so uh you know, uh, you got to plan ahead like anything else in life. Plan ahead. 
Yeah, being being held up on project, you know, like those British cars you work on, is it, very critical because, you know, the the longer the time period between the disassembly and reassembly, you don't want a lot of fresh rust forming. So you really need to condense that time frame down a little bit so the car doesn't rust as quickly so that there's still something left by the time you finish. Right, exactly right. <laughs> but you know what I found out? Even with British parts, uh, you know, a, a lot of the reproduction stuff uh, is made by TRW. And suspension components like uh, foot, uh, like uh, tie rods and ball joints, they're made by TRW or Moog, you know, M-O-O-G, which, you know, is, is an excellent uh, manufacturer, heavy-duty type stuff. And, uh, you know, even the foreign manufacturers, no matter what make it was, uh, they didn't make their own, you know, uh, tie rods and ball joints and things like that. They used stuff that uh, was already, you know, being manufactured. So uh, you'd be surprised what you could find in your local, you know, auto parts store that's made by TRW. Uh, yeah, it, it truly is amazing. And a lot of that stuff is made in America, which is good because that's good quality. There's, Even with, you know, yeah, engine the, the things. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, Federal Mogul. There were so many companies uh, manufacturing parts back in the day. Um, you know, one one of the better sources still for older vehicle parts is, is Napa. Um, Napa still yeah. has access to a lot of really good quality stuff. And I've not seen the shift at Napa to the lesser quality Chinese made parts that I have with some of the other other companies. Another opportunity too for you is Rock Auto, and there are a couple of other online uh, automotive parts suppliers. And when you go to Rock Auto and you you put your car in and put the that you're looking for in the parts you want, then you get to see the availability. And the pricing, it comes up. You know, these parts come out of many different warehouses. Anyway, I, they've got quite the inventory system on there. And you can actually uh, choose. Uh, I just bought a uh, sending unit for the uh, 68 Mustang. And I could choose Dorn or Airtex or whomever, I could choose the manufacturer of the part. I mean, there's a variation, of course, in price. So even if you use something like um, rockauto.com, you can go in there and kind of take a look and figure out the quality of the part to some extent. Sometimes, you know, you know what's in there. It's us and the uh, eye care uh, industry, um, you know, you, you can buy a, a spec pair of spectacle frames, and they're stamped Italy, but the components were actually made in China. You can try to try to do your best, but you can go on Rock Auto and and look at actually who the manufacturer was before you order it. In many cases, so you can make make a good decision that way. Um, 
Napa. Yeah, I, I'm shocked at the stuff that I've been able to buy uh, from Napa. And if you sign up for any of their online uh, programs, every once in a while, they'll have a pretty decent sale on something where you know, be 20% off your order, first order this month or whatever it happens to be. And, you know, if you're going to buy $500 worth of stuff, 20%. You know, save yourself a hundred bucks, and we don't we, Richard? You know, I, a couple of years ago, I had a ignition coil problem with my Triumph GT6, and uh, I had an aftermarket coil on there, and uh, you know, it was touted as you know, sixty-five thousand volts, high energy, blah blah blah, more horsepower, and what a piece of crap! I think it was like forty-five dollars. So I went to uh, Napa and I said, hey, you got any uh, Delco ignition coils? And uh, he says, we don't have Delco, but this company, you know, took over. I think it's called Etchlin and made in Mexico. Yeah. And uh, it was $32 for this Delco spec coil because it looks just like an old Delco coil. And, man, that thing is still on the car and it runs fantastic. Let's take a break. Break time. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. You know, we, we were just talking about that. And not only mechanical, electrical parts, but when you're doing a restoration, talk about planning ahead, especially when it comes to interiors. You know, if you're restoring an old American car, you know, even one from the 60s with, uh, you know, certain fabric. Uh, there's really only one place, SMS, out in uh, Oregon. And uh, 
I understand from some people it could take a year or more before you get your, uh, you know, seat kits and things like that with the correct upholstery. So, again, you got to plan ahead. You know, carpeting isn't much of an issue, but it's these upholstery kits that take a long time to get. So, again, everything is... uh, I just had a friend uh, get a take get delivery of a pair of door panels for a '67 AMC Marlin, and just shy of three years. Wow! To get those door panels built, yeah, and three. they were they were done by SMS. Three years. Yeah, they take a leap. and. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it took a long time. Uh, I was lucky. I needed um, a little small area of vinyl for my the sixty Pontiac Bonneville, and I went down to the guy that does my upholstery here in town. And his dad had been in business a long time, so we're rummaging through all these rolls of remnants and so forth that he's kept for, through all these years. You know, I found the exact fabric on a on an ancient roll. An ancient roll. Um, wow. And I just, well, yeah, it was just crazy. I mean, that I found it, you know, it, and it was a, uh, you know, a red, you know, and it had aged along with, because this car is a 100% original car. It's got 44,000 miles on it. Uh, uh, it had aged at the same rate the interior in the car had aged, and so it, you couldn't tell the difference. So, I mean, I was like in seventh heaven there. I mean, how often does that happen? Lucky, lucky you. Yeah, that's good. So, um, so as far as, you know, the parts are concerned, shop around also. Um, you know, again, be aware of the quality of what you're buying, but there are at times amazing differences from different suppliers for the same parts. Sometimes you can save yourself hundreds of dollars depending upon what you're buying just by comparing uh, apples to oranges. Yeah, it's great you found your part at, you know, Joe Schmo's antique and vintage car parts. But maybe Joe Schmo is, is charging you two and a half times what it's worth. And don't get me wrong, we want to keep Joe Schmo in business. But at the same time, uh, you don't want to have you know, your whole wallet if you don't have to. Um, new old stock parts, a lot of people heavy on new old stock, I think. And hard parts are awesome new old stock. You know, anytime you can buy any type of hard parts like, you know, fenders, chrome, uh, mechanical uh, parts, hardware, all of those things, if you can buy them new old stock, it's fabulous because usually the tolerances are tight. And it's all, of course, exactly as your car was when it came off the factory line. But there are certain things that you probably don't want to buy new old stock. You want to buy new old stock rubber parts and gaskets that have been on a shelf for 40, 50, 60 years because just sitting there, unless they were really in a protected environment, all that rubber is deteriorated. Carburetor kits, 
things of that nature. Mule stock, not a great idea. Um, just here, here recently, I had an opportunity to buy oh, a big box pumps, new old stock fuel pumps, but they were from the early 50s. And the diaphragms in those pumps, they're aged, they're old, and then you go and throw ethanol lace fuel in there with it, it's going to fail on you, you're going to put it on your car, and you're going to drive 10 miles, and that's going to be the end of that. So sometimes new old stock is great, sometimes new old stock is not so good. Um, when you think about things that can degrade, like you know rubber, cork, etc., etc., you know, stay away from new old stock unless you have no other choice. Um, a lot of things to take into consideration. And and you know when when it comes to uh, uh, you know cars, uh, uh, I've bought parts throughout. British car supplies in America and in England. And when I've ordered parts on the West Coast, it takes almost two weeks before UPS delivers them. Two weeks from California and Oregon. Yet, recently I ordered some parts from Rimmer Brothers in England, and uh, three days. I ordered an exhaust system on a Monday. Thursday afternoon, it was delivered to my house via DHL. And the uh, shipping charges were maybe $25 more than, you know, having a ship from uh, the West Coast. And I got it immediately. So, you know, uh, don't discount parts that are for sale in Europe or elsewhere. Because with DHL and all these overnight services, uh, you will get them pretty quick. So uh, there's a lot of things to consider. you got to do your homework. And again, you know, when you join a car club, you can talk to your fellow members uh, who have experienced, you know, what you're going through, where to get certain parts, what brands to use, and all that kind of jazz. So that's when car clubs come in uh, real handy, and they really help you out. So uh, they're worth the price of admission. When, when, when you can talk to your members, M-E-M-B-A-H-S, members. That's right. You know, you're talking. <laughs> you're talking about about. Um, I've got one for you. So I decided to buy brand new front and rear bumpers. Um, you know, they front and rear. They they come in three different pieces for the '67 Volvo 1800s that I have. And I just decided, you know what? I can buy brand new ones. And everybody raves about the quality of them. And I can do it cheaper than I can have them replay, my old ones replated. So I'm like, shoot, I'm just going to go ahead and buy the new ones. Out of uh, Vietnam. And, yeah. and, you know, I checked the company. I, I, ch- I checked all of the feedback. Everything was great on it. I ordered those things. And no kidding, from Vietnam to my door four days. It was crazy. Yep. I couldn't believe it. And the quality is good. Right? And how was the plane? The quality is excellent. Excellent. Right. Excellent. Yeah. I I was more than than happy. Good. Good to hear. Yeah. stuff. So I was really happy. But yeah, all the way from Vietnam to my door here in uh, Virginia, 
in only four days. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's interesting. And then I can order something from uh, Washington State. You know, it gets lost three times, and it finally makes it here, you know, three weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing to think about, too, certainly, um, you know, if you're doing a a pre-war car, the chances that you're going to find something online from Rock Auto or you're going to buy something, even from Napa, unless it's an ignition part or something like that, you'd be surprised how far back they can go with ignition parts. But you're probably not going to find a whole lot. And as Rich says, so where where are you going to look? And that's generally going to be a marked club, or if you're dealing with brass, you're going to go with AACA or a horseless carriage club, uh, some group of people, so that you can talk to your fellow members and uh, find out who's got what. Because a lot of these people, like uh, I have to say I'm guilty too, when it comes to older stuff like that, I'm a pack rat. I refuse to throw any of that stuff away if it's really old and really hard to get because I'm thinking, you know what, someone out there is going to need this and and actually, there have been a lot of instances where I've been talking to people, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I was added in a box lot of parts that I bought at a swap meet somewhere, and I couldn't bear to throw it away. Um, so, But you have to go to a different source. In other words, in this case, you're dealing with people that know this stuff, particularly on the early brass stuff. You know, you really get... Digitalized uh, materials. A lot of it will have to be machined, but at least then you'll know the best machine shop to the best places to go to get your parts done. Uh, uh, so it's, it's really important. There are also in the Mark clubs. There are you know, companies that specialize. Little industry auto parts operations that spring up by most needed parts. Like if you're you're into Hudson's, you. Uh, Wildrick's uh, restoration, and they supply a lot of Hudson parts, you know, rubber parts, uh, things, uh, manu- rubber manufacturers that we most depend on, like Steve. So they're, uh, Wildrick's is reproducing the rubber parts that Steel and uh, Metro don't, don't do because they can't get enough. So, you know, uh, Galvin. AMC Ranch, there again, a lot of the, the plastic stuff, the units, and, and of course some new old stock stuff is still out there. But, you know, these Mark Clubs tires are really, really great to work with, too. The other thing you probably want to do is get an interchange manual as well, Hollander's books. Um, you'd be surprised at how much stuff interchanges so if you want to go on eBay for instance and you want to buy I don't know uh, a drag link for a 1960 Pontiac well someone may have had one they list a drag link on eBay for a 1959 Oldsmobile um, well if you look it up in Hollanders it's going to be the same drag link that was used on Chevrolet, the Oldsmobile, the Buick, and the Pontiac, even though it may not list that in the ad. 
So, but if you have a Hollander manual, you know that. So you're two steps ahead of the game. You can go in there, swoop in, buy the part because so you know that that um, Buick or is going to be the same thing as what's on the Pontiac. So it's, it's helpful to have the reference materials. And oftentimes, I go back to the Mark Club suppliers, um, in this case, like a, a Wildrix or a Galvin AMC parts. They also probably really know about a lot of interchange stuff. So, you know, you call these people, take advantage of their knowledge because they've probably been there, they've seen the parts, they know where to source them. You know, maybe it was, you know, something used on a Renault, who knows, you know, that could fit your Hudson. You know, it's possible. I hope not, but it's possible. <laughs> and you know, those, those Hollander interchange manuals are just just filled with great information. And you could find them. I've seen them all the time in Hershey. You know, you go to Hershey or Carlisle or Charlotte Auto Fair or the Pace Swap Meet in, in uh, you know, Texas or Dunkirk, Springfield in Ohio, uh, Iola in Wisconsin. And you go to all these big swappings. And you'll always find several Hollander interchange manuals. Oh, I love Support the price. Yeah, the swap meets are the best. Swap meets are the best. It's like the like the never-ending treasure hunt. Uh, that's part of the most fun that I in the hobby really is going out searching for this stuff that's you know made of quote unquote unobtainium uh, and finding it at swap meet somewhere. Uh, like I say, it's just like going on going on a treasure hunt. But you know, folks. Remember when you're buying parts, quality is important. You know, just like with tools, cheap tools, cheap tools are bad. Uh, cheap parts sometimes bad. So, it sounds like we're up against a break again, folks. Okay. Oh, we're not. No? Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we're going to keep talking. <laughs> so, but but anyhow, cheap parts are sometimes bad. Uh, cheap cars are good. Cheap parts, cheap tools, bad. Um, so, we we're talking about judging too this week. We did talk. We talked about a lot of stuff in the earlier this week when we were just shooting the breeze, um, and you were you you brought up the shift in. Uh, judging at some of the concours over to uh, French style judging. Yeah. And uh, in a lot of ways, better. I mean, when you have a point judging system, you're deducting for this mistake or this wrong finish, or blah, blah, blah. And that's good. Especially like if you have a Buick, you go to the Buick Club of America. Those are the best judges, the most knowledgeable judges for Buicks. And that's a way, good way for you to learn what, what's wrong with your car and what you need to correct. But when you go to a regular concourse, well, a regular, but you know, a high-end concourse, whether it's the Green Briar, Pebble Beach, the Amelia, whatever, uh, Rad, Rad Hunt, a lot of these, uh, concourses are now going to a style of judging where, 
you judge the car on style. I guess you also take in the quality and the correctness of the rest. But you don't go over the top saying, well, you know, this nut over here is wrong. So we got to deduct 10 points. That's not part of the French style. It's, it's what the car is about. It's, it's this, you know, this aurora that, that, that it gives off as the style and beauty of it all. So that's what I welcome it. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's easy to judge that way. Yeah, I'm conflicted, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, French style Concord judging really rated on uh, the biggest item in that whole sort of um, objectivity. Um, visual impact factor factors in heavily in French style judging and uh, you know along with condition authenticity restoration rarity historical importance Um, but when you just I don't know rating on visual impact and wow factor for me um, it just means that unless you know I guess a 37 Lincoln limousine for instance just a standard factory built 37 Lincoln Model K limousine is never going to win up against something like a Ruxton no matter how well it's finished no matter how well the restoration was done it's not going to have that sort of faded tritone paint job it's not going to have the bells and and whistles and and little chotskis um built into it because it was more of a minimalist design so i think you know they've got some issues there because there were some cars that were designed with minimalist features, uh, particularly in the late 30s, um, you know, after the true Art Deco age, uh, there was a thought of minimalism um, in design. And so things became a little less gaudy. They were just a little bit more basic and, and true to function without all the gaudiness I personally don't think that you, you know, you're going to find that you've got a level playing field for era so you're going to have a lot of for lack of a better term um, showboats versus other cars that are going to have, a, have an edge and maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't know. I, I just, I like having a, a bit more of a level playing field when you're looking at it. Then that way you can really think about historical importance, the story behind the car, you know, the quality of the restoration, all of the quality of the car itself, um, you know, its authenticity and so forth. You know, But when you put so much weight on just the wow factor um, 
I think you end up disqualifying a lot of a lot of vehicles. I I totally agree. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, you know, you could see smoke raise the flag. He agrees with me. Shoot. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could see a thirty-seven Studebaker dictator that is perfectly restored as the NB Center just restored theirs. You know, number one plus condition. And then you go up against a Delahaye with a Fagoni and Falachi body, and that's the wow factor, you know? And that's only a number two condition car. So guess which one's going to win? It's going to be the Delahaye. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, it's not a level playing field, but I guess if you know that going ahead of time, going into a concourse, then that's what that particular concourse is about, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's never going to be easy. You know, it's like the best, the best. So, uh, there's so many there. Uh, really are. It's going to be tough. It really is. But, yeah, the wow factor, uh, sometimes it's wrong. I mean, you know, I, I like it. I, I like the wow factor myself. I, I really enjoy going in and, and seeing, you know, all of these amazing cars all these amazing built cars um, but by the same token I like seeing a competitive field as well and you know you just know that certain cars when they roll out of the trailer you know they're just going to kill them and uh, they're going to win just by virtue of you know, just the wow factor, and like you said, could could be the condition is not as good as the other cars in the class, but because it just knocks your socks off because of the styling, you know, it, it's you know walk away walk away a winner. But again, like you say, if everyone involved understands that going in, and that's what they want to do, hey, more power to them. If they enjoy it that way, then hey, I'm right. okay with it. Um, of course, you know, uh, Greenbrier is moving to French-style judging, and, you know, I'm the, my friend Robert and I are the oldest members on that Concord committee in terms of tenure, so we've seen a lot of changes move through, and, you know, I'm all about it, all about what people enjoy and, and what they want to do. Um, so I'm not one of those people that, you know, I'm going to force everybody into the same box. Um, you know, as long as everybody knows what they're getting into and they're having fun, hey, I'm all in. Exactly. <laughs> yep, I agree. So, uh, you know, that's why it's you nice know. going to the local show. <laughs> you know, uh, both were, you know, what fun. Uh, nice showing your car when there are no awards. Yeah, that's why there's all different types of events out there. I'm, I'm trying to get a booth this year at the Cincinnati a Concourse, Dayton Concourse, and also the one in what's it called, Keeneland, in, uh, Lexington, Kentucky. So I'm yes. looking forward to going to. Keeneland. Have you been to Keeneland? Because that looks like yeah, great. I, with the horse country and all that stuff. 
Yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, I've, I've got some friends that live out that way, and uh, I've always thought about going to Keeneland. I'd like to go. Um, so it's yeah. it's on the list. I made it out there. Well, you know, come on out, and I'll treat you to, uh, you know, Waffle House one morning. So come on out. What I, I, I come out, and uh, you know. So do I? Do you get to? Do I get to be shoehorned into the uh, Mini Cooper? Or, uh, no. Probably going my wife, but you probably have to take your electric bike and go to over the mountain there. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> see, see, see. Now, always trying to. It's, it's it's because I increase the uh, the the drag and decrease the miles per gallon and costs you more to get out there. I know. Trust me. I know. I know how you are. The uh, so one one exciting thing, and I know we're getting towards the end of the end of the show. Oh, jeez, we only got a minute. So hey, I can't even get into that. So we were supposed to talk about uh, also judging tips and techniques of. You know, doing some uh, fine detail work and that sort of thing, and the things you get nailed the most on for judging. Um, hey, we didn't get there. We'll get to it next week, huh? <laughs> Always next week. In the meantime, you know, I'm going out to my garage today, going to finish that installation of the differential, the heat springs, all those tables, and all that fun. So uh, I love playing with my brand new stainless steel nylon stuff. Ah, uh, they, you know, it's nothing like having a good collection of brand new fasteners. Uh, yeah, it just makes the restoration. All right, folks. Fun to deal week. with. And I've got some fun news for next week. Uh, something exciting that happened. But anyway, everybody take care. Have fun. We'll see you next time. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.